Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.
supports our daily digital show. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real as Roland Martin Unfiltered. Support the Roland Martin Unfiltered daily digital show by going to RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans contributing 50 bucks each for the whole year. You can make this possible. RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Late Friday night, Reverend Dr. Joseph Lowry passed away at his home in Atlanta, surrounded by his daughters. He has been called the Dean of the Civil Rights Movement. Again, he was 98 years old. Lowry was a co-founder of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, along with Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. According to the Joseph and Evelyn Lowry Institute for Justice and Human Rights, he died peacefully at 10 p.m. Here's Reverend Lowry delivering the eulogy at the funeral of Coretta Scott King. And you notice he was not shy in criticizing some president sitting right behind him on stage. What a family reunion. Rosa and Martin were reminiscing. They'd just begun to talk. When Martin seemed not to listen, he started to walk. The wind had whispered in his ear, I believe somebody is almost here. Excuse me, Rosa, Martin said as he did depart, his soul was on fire. He just couldn't wait. His spirit leaped with joy as he moved toward the pearly gates. <laughs> Glory! 
glory, glory, hallelujah. And after 40 years, almost 40 years, together at last, together at last, thank God Almighty, together at last. Thank you, Coretta. Didn't she carry her grief with dignity? Her growing influence with humility? She secured his seed, nurtured his nobility. She declared humanity's worth, invented their vision, his and hers, for peace in all the earth. She opposed discrimination based on race. She frowned on homophobia and gender bias she rejected on his face. She summoned the nations to steady war no more. She embraced the oneness of the human family from show to show. Excuse me, Maya. She extended Martin's message against poverty, racism, and war. She deplored the terror inflicted by our smart bums on missions way afar. We know now there were no weapons of mass destruction over there. of misdirection right down here. Millions without health insurance. Poverty abounds. For war, billions more, but no more for the poor. Well, Coretta had harsh critics. Some no one could please, but she paid them no mind. She kept speaking for the least of these. Now I'm about through, as we get old or so I'm told, we listen in to heaven like the prophets of old. I heard Martin and Coretta say, do us a favor, Joe. Those four little children I spoke of in 63, they're fine adults now, as all can see. They already know, but tell them again, we love them so dear. Assure them we'll always be near their troubles to bless and sanctify to them their deepest distress. Tell them we believe in them as we know you do. We know their faith in God and their love for each other will see them through. Assure them at the end of the tunnel awaits God's light and we are confident that they will always strive for the right. Tell them don't forget to remember that we're as near as their prayer and never afar. And we can rest in peace because they know who and whose they are. What a family reunion. Thank you, Lord. Just the other day, I thought I heard you say, Corella, my child, come on home. You've earned your rest. Your body's weary. You've done your best. 
Her witness and character always strong. Her spirit a melody from heaven's song. Her beauty warm like the rays of the sun. Good night, my sister. Well done. Well done. All right, folks, joining us right now is someone who knew him well. As Reverend, uh, Dr. Reverend Jesse Jackson, Sr. Reverend, uh, glad to have you on the show. Um, certainly a tremendous loss uh, for so many of us to lose Reverend Joseph Lowry. A uh, huge loss. You know, Roland, uh, I was in the group of young ministers met in Montgomery in 1955. Joe knew him before 1955. He was one of the rituals and helped me a part of the boycott. Joe, uh, along this was runner. Was blessed to have a, a glorious long, long life of Jeff, long jeopardy. Uh, when Dr. King was killed and it was dark, Joe stayed in the South, um, arguing that the South is the peace of our kingdom. And right now we see the New South rising and the blood of Joe Lowry red. When you talk about uh, staying there in the South, we, uh, of course, uh, that's what he did. Uh, of course, we eventually called to Atlanta. Uh, a lot of people call him uh, this humble, gentle soul, but it was Coretta Scott King who said he probably marched uh, more than anybody else when you look at his cumulative number of marches he participated in. Now, the King was president 13 years old, president 27 years, a, a, a long life of service. And Joe in South Africa, Joe in release, and Andy was put out of the, uh, uh, the UN, Joe in, in Venezuela. Joe in, in Nicaragua, and so the fact of the matter is, he, he helped inspire a generation, and, and we thank him for his service. I talked with him about a month ago, and like me, I can't go down there because of the, the services and situation. They have a film for a member of his family, members of his family, uh, one day this week, I suppose. Uh, at the purpose of having a memorial service, we, we can't fly down there as we're in great numbers. One of the things that we talk about calling him, whenever I would fly to Atlanta, I would always uh, give him a call uh, just to check on him. I did that a few months ago. Uh, mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to uh, uh, co-host uh, his birthday celebration. It took place in October. Uh, you stopped by there as well. Uh, you had your birthday event uh, that same night uh, in Atlanta. One of the things that people uh, don't understand, that Reverend Lowry had a tremendous sense of humor. Yeah, he also was a profound preacher. I mean, he, he was uh, Dr. Angie, too, by the way. But Joe, had, Joe is, I think he, he, he never received the recognition he was due. And Dr. King shadows cast so long. Those were the meetings about that they, he did the dude, what he was doing, he never got it, uh, Roller. Well, but, you know, one of those things is that, of course, uh, when you do the work, it's all about the work, uh, and uh, that's what most people focus on, but you're absolutely right. Many, many civil rights luminaries uh, did not get the proper credit they absolutely deserved. The reason, the reason I raised it about credit is because you, you can leverage credit for change. For example, uh, Joe should have been on national network television shows, for example. He was not for the most part. But we who were in the shuttle knew his presence and felt his presence. And Evelyn Lowry and, 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 and all the great families of our time, the Kings, the Lowry's, Abnons is the great, uh, the first of us. Those, those are jewels of, jewels of our struggle, uh, our families. Reverend Jesse Jackson Sr., it's always a pleasure talking with you. We certainly appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Love you, Rolla. 
Thanks, sir. Love you as well. We appreciate it. Folks, in 2009, when President Barack Obama was sworn in as the first African-American president, the 44th president, he asked President Reverend Joseph Lowry uh, to give the benediction. A lot of people were not particularly happy with what Reverend Lowry had to say and how he ended it, but he didn't care because he understood what something needed to be said. You just say it. E. Lowry to deliver the benediction. God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, thou who has brought us thus far along the way, thou who has by thy might led us into the light, keep us forever in the path we pray. Lest our feet stray from the places, our God, where we met thee, lest our hearts drunk with the wine of the world, we forget thee. Shadowed beneath thy hand, may we forever stand. True to thee, O God, and true to our native land. We truly give thanks for the glorious experience we've shared this day. We pray now, O Lord, for your blessing upon thy servant, Barack Obama, the 44th president of these United States, his family, and his administration. He has come to this high office at a low moment in the national and indeed the global fiscal climate. But because we know you got the whole world in your hands, we pray for not only our nation, but for the community of nations. Our faith does not shrink, though pressed by the flood of mortal ills. For we know that, Lord, you're able and you're willing to work through faithful leadership to restore stability, mend our brokenness, heal our wounds, and deliver us from the exploitation of the poor or the least of these and from favoritism toward the rich, the elite of these. We thank you for the empowering of thy servant, our 44th president, to inspire our nation to believe that yes, we can work together to achieve a more perfect union. And while we have sown the seeds of greed, the wind of greed and corruption. And even as we reap the whirlwind of social and economic disruption, we seek forgiveness and we come in the spirit of unity and solidarity to commit our support to our president by our willingness to make sacrifices, to respect your creation, to turn to each other and not on each other. And now, Lord, in the complex arena of human relations, help us to make choices on the side of love, not hate, on the side of inclusion, not exclusion, tolerance, not intolerance. And as we leave this mountaintop, help us to hold on to the spirit of fellowship and the oneness of our family. Let us take that power back to our homes, our workplaces, our churches, our temples, our mosques, wherever we seek your will. 
Blessed President Barack, First Lady Michelle, look over our little angelic, Sasha and Malia. We go now to walk together, children, pledging that we won't get weary in the difficult days ahead. We know you will not leave us alone with your hands of power and your heart of love. Help us then now, Lord, to work for that day when nations shall not lift up sword against nation, when tanks will be beaten into tractors, when every man and every woman shall sit under his or her own vine and fig tree, and none shall be afraid, when justice will roll down like waters and righteousness as a mighty stream. Lord, in the memory of all the saints who from their labors rest, and in the joy of a new beginning, we ask you to help us work for that day when black will not be asked to get back, when brown can stick around, when yellow will be mellow, when the red man can get ahead, man, and when white will embrace what is right. Let all those who do justice and love mercy say amen. amen. Say amen and amen. Go talk right, right to our panel. Uh, I want to start first off uh, with Avis. Uh, Avis, uh, certainly, uh, Dr. Lowry was one of our most esteemed leaders. And what a lot of people really, again, don't, I think, appreciate that our, el they, they put it all on the line. They faced death every day. In fact, his wife, who was there with him every step of the way, they had a particular march, and he asked his wife to drive the car at the back of the march because it was so unsafe. Shots were fired. A bullet barely missed her head, killing her. And he still, he still owned that car. These brothers and sisters put their lives on the line for the next Absolutely. generation. Absolutely. It's so different from the moment that we live in now where it feels like, uh, though there are definitely examples today of people who will, you know, take action uh, for what they believe in in very bold ways. The reality is that there are there's a whole generation of people, I believe, who kind of feel like activism is mainly relegated to being on Twitter. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really important that we understand those who came before us and sacrificed and put it all, some of whom did not survive the civil rights movement and previous movements prior to that and just actions for freedom prior to that, but, you know, who knew that they were risking their lives each and every day, whether or not it was in a very overt way like that, or just knowing that they were taking the action of trying to register people, of, of being involved with trying to bring freedom and justice to this country, just navigating the world. They could get shot in the back, for example. <laughs> you know, so it, it, is, it is, I think it's very important that we don't forget that history, because I get concerned when I hear a lot of minimalization of those sacrifices uh, and disrespect of the older generation, who quite frankly, had they not had the bravery to do what they did, those who are taking the, the, the advancements that we have today, so for granted, would not be able to uh, express themselves and even navigate life in the way that they do right now. Of course, 
we need to do more. Uh, but we cannot forget and disrespect the bravery, the persistence, and the brilliance of the, the strategy and action and sacrifices of those who got us to where we are today. Uh, Preston, when you hear Ava's talk about that, uh, I, look, I make it a point. Uh, I've made a point to try to interview as many of these folks as possible uh, for moments like this. So we always have that on tape for folks to be able to see, uh, for folks to be able to uh, listen to them, listen to the wisdom they had to offer, but also to tell them thank you for what they did because we could not be sitting in the places we sit if they didn't do what they did. Yes. I, I so appreciate what just happened here. I, I was here shouting, snapping my fingers, and saying amen, too. Uh, one thing I really appreciated about the previous point uh, what, what was it did not relegate or diminish what young people are currently doing, right, while acknowledging that older people in our generations, definitely before me, what they've done to actually make space for people like me to have the voice that I have, to be on your show, Roland. Um, so something that really has frustrated me often is when I see the shirt or hear the quote, I am not my ancestor. And for me, I'm like, you better hope that you are ancestor. Like the bravery, the strategy, the, the steadfastness that actually went into our ancestors and our people and, and my grandparents and even my parents. The things that they've had to deal with while I have to deal with a lot is I, I can't even compare sometimes, right? Sometimes I wake up and I'm just thankful because I can't imagine what many of them went through. Um, and so, of course, I, I look at it of two ways, right? So on one hand, we should not diminish the and rom or romanticize what our ancestors and our, our four uh, parents and, and forefathers have gone through. What we also should not do is diminish the activism that young people are doing every day. Uh, we see, you know, from climate justice to gun violence to sexual assault prevention to racial justice to gender justice, just how much work younger people are doing. And some of it may look like it's online. And I don't want to diminish that online activism is activism, particularly for communities that may not be able to march on the streets and be on the ground, right? For example, you know, many people with disabilities engage in online spaces because for folks with physical disabilities, it is, it's really hard to actually be there and be physically present. So I do think we have to be nuanced in how we're discussing activism in black communities, but we should never diminish the work and the role of younger people or people who have come before us and are still living right now. Amisha, uh, first of all, that's a great point. Uh, one of the things that uh, also when you, when you talk about Reverend Joseph Lowry, as I said earlier, they, they did not leave the South and go to New York or go to Los Angeles or, 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 or no, they, they stood there. Uh, he was there in Alabama. He was there in Georgia uh, and remained committed to the cause. When Dr. King gets assassinated, Ralph Abernathy takes over the SCLC in the 70s. Uh, Lowry steps in. Uh, and I read many stories where it was Lowry who actually uh, kept the SCLC going in the 70s and the 80s as well to, to, to keep them uh, viable as a civil rights organization. Absolutely. And I think that that's a very strong thing to point out, because um, as many black people, I personally am a product of a family that originated in Mississippi and then moved to Chicago in the midst of the civil rights movement, because 
as much as my grandparents were involved, they could not take an understanding that a lot of the South, in their opinion, was a place that wasn't going to change. Even though we saw areas um, in the North that were developing and we saw some legal changes in the South, if you were really in the midst of it, you knew that that fight was extremely hard, extremely longevity, and that you're still at risk in 2020 for a lot of areas of progress in the South that other places have no real cognition of. So I think that it says something to his spirit. It says something to his fidelity to purpose. It says something to his understanding of what the South faced, that he committed his entire life to devoting his time to civil rights and justice and equity throughout that area. And I think that that is something that he should be remembered for, something that we should talk about him more regularly for, and also something that we should herald, not only in him, but also in young people who are activists who choose to stay in these hotbed areas where the wind is not something that is going to be easy. The mountain you climb is going to be extremely steep. It's going to take years in the trenches to even see a little bit of progress. But those people, that is what America is built on. That is what our change is built on. Those people have a very different type of spirit, growth, and strength that I think that we should honor in much stronger ways. All right, folks, I want to go to someone right now who knew Reverend Lowry quite well. He lives there in Atlanta. Uh, we uh, uh, adore him. We appreciate him. He also fraternity brothers uh, with Reverend Lowry, uh, Dr. King, myself. Uh, Alpha's in the house. It's always a pleasure for us to talk with Ambassador Andrew Young. Ambassador Young, glad to talk to you. Okay, you got me at home. We got this you, sir. Not my normal studio. It's, it's all good. It's all good. It's always it's good. All right. glad to see you regardless. Just, just share a few words with us about your longtime friend, Reverend Dr. Joseph Lowry. Well, you know, Joe was uh, the reigning Methodist in the movement. Almost everybody was Baptist. <laughs> uh, but uh, he was Methodist. I was a member of the Congregational Church. Jose actually was a Presbyterian. Uh, and um, I think we made it... Uh, we, we had a hard time standing up against all those Baptists. <laughs> so they'd always pick on us and say that we couldn't preach because we didn't hoop and holler. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I, I said earlier is that uh, Dr. Lowry, like so many of you, look, y'all stayed in the South. They, they didn't run. They didn't flee. Well, where, where, let me tell you, you know, David Dinkins and I were classmates. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was a little ahead of me, and he'd been to the Marines, so he's a little older. But um, he cussed me out for going back down south. And I said, well, you got to straighten out the south. He said, no, you can come to New York. You got it made in New York, uh, and we're going to do so much. I said, look, we will get New York at the south straight before you all get New York straight. <laughs> and actually... I got to be ambassador to the United Nations, uh, and I came up there and I campaigned for him to run for mayor. <laughs> that is uh, that is certainly uh, uh, too funny there. Re Re Reverend Lowry, one of the things that, that you and I often talk about uh, what is the humor of Dr. King. Uh, Reverend Lowry is real. I always love uh, to hear him tell stories and also uh, tell jokes like yourself. Well... The thing is that um, people think of us as, um, I don't know what they think of us as, but the truth of it is we were kids. Yep. 
I mean, Martin was 25 and was running a mimeograph machine as the lowest preacher in town should have been doing when um, they had a fuss in the Montgomery Improvement Association between two preachers. And the women said, look, these old guys have been fussing for years. Why don't we elect this young man that just got here and give him a chance? And, you know, between five and six o'clock, the whole time switched. And by seven o'clock, he was elected the president of the Montgomery Improvement Association and, um, and had to make the opening speech at eight with no time to prepare. And so um, Joe Lowry was running the bus boycott in Mobile. And Joe was a little older. In fact, Joe's about 10 years older than the rest of us. And, um, but he was one of the first people that Martin called uh, about getting the uh, preachers together and they got a. They were trying to get a hundred preachers together from across the South. Uh, and I was still up north. I was, uh, well, no, I was really in the country because I was. I was in Thomasville and Beechton, Georgia, and I had maybe all together in two churches. I had forty members, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> and so I didn't get invited. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But the meeting went on, and um, it was really Bayard Rustin that got them together. And I think Joe was – I always gave Joe the credit for uh, the slogan, uh, to redeem the soul of America from the triple evils of race, war, and poverty. Racism, war, and poverty. You give him credit? Really? Well, yeah, because he was, I mean, they were always putting pressure on Martin, um, you know, the press. Right. Uh, and um, Joe was usually, you know, along with, well, Byard Rustin was there too, so he probably had something to do with it. But he was usually on a committee that had to put something in writing. And... Um, but it, it's but I'm saying that he was there from the very beginning, and he's been there to the bitter end. I mean, to '98, and he was. <laughs> I hope my wife is. I'm on the television set. But <laughs> tell, 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 just tell your wife you're talking to Roland Martin. I know she loves me. I'm talking to Roland Martin. <laughs> See. See? He's telling me about somebody signifying about somebody. I don't know. You see the magic words? You said you were rolling by, and she went, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, um, but, but Joe Lowry was always there. Now, he, um, see, Methodists have to go where the bishop transfers them. And whenever Joe would get into some controversy, it seemed like they transfer him to some other place. <laughs> and he really should have been the first black Methodist bishop. But but he would never he, he would never be a a good pastor. 
he was always stirring up trouble everywhere he went. So he wasn't safe. He wasn't safe. And, um, but, um, he kept, they kept moving him around. He went from Mobile to, uh, uh, Huntsville. And then he came back to Atlanta and he'd get one church going and they'd move him to another church and, um, and he kept on keeping on. And he built this beautiful Cascade United Methodist Church, which is sort of the the uh, prize of, I, I think, of the denomination in the South in terms of its ministry. And he got it built and set up, and then they retired him. And he never got to pastor it. So he didn't have an easy life, and it was hard being a prophet. But he never he never wavered in his commitment, and he was always picking on me. Why? Because <laughs> everybody everybody picked on me. Because you were young, you were the youngest. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't older. No, John. No, Lewis actually, 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 right. Actually, you were lo- you were actually older than uh, than a lot of them. Well, I was uh, I was I was right in between. I was three years younger than Martin and 10 years younger than Joe. So why was he always picking on you? Well, maybe because Martin expected me uh, to be the conservative in the group. Mm -hmm. The only time he got mad with me was when I went along with everybody else. He stopped a meeting and took me to his office. He said, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) I said, I, I, I get tired of playing the conservative. He said, look, your job is, uh, he said, these emotional folk will get me killed for nothing. He said, now, I don't mind dying. And I know my time is coming, but I want to be able to make the decision. And I, if you are not going to give the most conservative reason uh, for not doing something, uh, and they way out here on one side, and you've got to be on the other side. And that gives me more room in the middle. And then I can come down and make a decision on what is it I'm willing to risk my life over. So it was every decision we made was a life and death decision. And uh, he would usually end up calling the shops and then you know, deciding who was going to get killed, <laughs> jumping jumping in front of the camera, taking hit to, to try to, you know, get the picture in the paper. <laughs> and whoever he whoever he picked on, he ended up preaching their funeral. <laughs> and uh, now Joe Joe um, Joe. Joe was moving around so in the in the 60s that he, he was the chairman of the board. And so he was in the board meetings, but he was not, he, he had to pastor a church. And usually the churches he was pastoring were not where we were in the movement. So he was, it wasn't until he retired and took over completely uh, that, uh, he was in the front line of all the action. Right. But that, now he was there. Right. He delivered the um, 
the 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 bands to uh, Governor Wallace at the end of the Selma to Montgomery march, mm-hmm. and um, in a way that was that was a more dangerous mission than marching because we were marching together in a big group, but then when you had to go confront the governor, uh, you, you usually went by yourself or with one or two at most. And uh, you were away from the mob, from the crowd, and um, th- that that that's that's a rough place. I, I got to ask you this here. You and I talk about this a lot, and I'm always blown away when you talk about this here. You said point blank that if it wasn't for the women, the civil rights movement would now taking place. The wives of folks like you, Dr. King. Uh, Ralph Abernathy, I can go on and on and on. Uh, I told the story earlier about his wife, Evelyn, uh, almost being shot, a bullet almost hitting her in the head. She went right through the back of the windshield, went right, (laughs) uh, you know, right uh, between the two of them. He had gotten out of the car. Uh, But they... All of us married... uh, Well... The truth of it is, when they would get together, they would say, look, if you all had married some of the girls you were dating in college, nobody would have ever heard your name. (laughs) 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 But we, we did marry women who were dedicated. And all of them had their own, had their own racial trials. Mm-hmm. You know, as children, and and they were committed to de- to changing the South, and it wasn't it wasn't we never had to convince them uh, about going somewhere. And Evelyn, Evelyn's children were were grown, were older than than mine, and so she went along with him almost everywhere he went. And then she organized SCLC Women, and uh, because after Dr. King went on to glory, um, we didn't have the stability in the organization right. that it needed, and really SCLC Women provided that stability. They did most of the fundraising. Uh, they were the first ones to take on things like uh, AIDS education. Uh, they uh, they worked with well they they got him to lead a gun buyback where and I don't know how many guns they bought, uh, but they they were just buying up guns off the street mm-hmm. and. Uh, and 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 they really had a very aggressive. Uh, program uh, serving the community. But now, Joe stayed in the forefront of the politics, and he was was really the... I think he was the first one to sign on with President Obama. He was. And in fact, uh, and in fact uh, he uh, co-chaired his national voter registration effort, and um, he had a couple of words for you for supporting Hillary Clinton. Well, I know, <laughs> and uh, it didn't bother me because 
it was never it was never about just race for me. Right. Um, I had a couple of problems. One, um, my mother's godchild was Hillary Clinton's roommate in college. Mm-hmm. So I had known her since she was a teenager, and I I had never met Obama. And you have, I mean, anybody you, you, you who had a relationship, they, you had a relationship. Any, yeah, anybody who said that uh, they thought this country could elect somebody named Barack Hussein Obama <laughs> as president <laughs> is lying. <laughs> <laughs> I got to ask you this here, sir. Uh, yeah. uh, last question for you, because I don't want to hold you long, and it's very simple. If there was one thing, um, if there's t- 25, 50 years from now, and some kid is on the internet, they're in a classroom, and they're, they're looking up some videos, and they see the name Joseph Lowry, what do you want them to know? That he was a man who gave his entire life uh, in the service of God, and God's children. Simple as that. Ambassador Andrew Young, it is always good to see you, always good to talk with you. Uh, We certainly appreciate it. Uh, We love you for what you have done, all that you've done, uh, and uh, talk to you soon. You know, it's just an accident, but I had my Howard University T-shirt on today. <laughs> well, I, I must have known you were going to call. <laughs> I see you. I see you representing the Bison. I appreciate it. Sir. Okay. All, All right. right. You take care. Yeah, bye bye. Always a good talk to uh, the great Ambassador Andrew Young, certainly a legend uh, himself. Uh, all right, folks, uh, I want to go to uh, Melanie Campbell, who joined. First of all, let me just real quick, just real quick, uh, uh, Preston, I know you had to get a kick out of uh, uh, listening uh, to some of those uh, golden stories from Ambassador Young. Yeah, yeah it was, uh, listen, my, my young alpha heart is smiling. I, so soon as you even said that, right, from, from you, of course, Brother Roland, to uh, Brother Ambassador Young, I just feel like I'm sitting with so many, many heroes in multiple fields. And so uh, I, I just can't appreciate anything more than just really sitting on a history lesson of people who I deeply have cared about um, and their mission and their legacy for a long time. So thank you for that. And I hope to one day be able to contribute to that same legacy in the future. Absolutely. I want to go to uh, Melanie Campbell, of course, National Coalition of Black Civic Participation, a convener of the Black Women's Roundtable. Melanie, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Roland. How are you? Doing good. One of the things I think is important that people understand is that Reverend Lowry, let's just be real honest, the Black Freedom Movement was very much a patriarchal system. Uh, Women were not always at the forefront, often were relegated to the back. Reverend Lowry, though, was one of the folks uh, who was not uh, afraid uh, to elevate and share the stage with women. Oh, most definitely. Uh, Roland, I I spent uh, about 20 years in Atlanta, so I cut my my teeth in the civil rights movement in Atlanta, Georgia. My last job before I moved to Washington, D.C. in 1995 was working for SCLC and Reverend Lowry. So we went on many marches in 95, worked with him and Reverend James Orange, of course, and Mrs. Laurie, uh, and, the, and there were women uh, uh, that were in the movement um, working with SCLC women. Uh, but yeah, Dr. Laurie hired me to help with Reverend Orange, and we worked on the uh, uh, Selma to Montgomery uh, reenactment march in 1995, went on many uh, protests with them, participated in so many, many things, and he was a founding board member of the National Coalition 
And so I worked for him in that way in many, many years of just having a lot of memories of working with him and uh, Dr. Height. They were our duo um, for many, many years here in Washington, uh, working on issues around uh, the reauthorization of the Voting Rights Act uh, in 2005 and six. Uh, when we had it, had, were able to get it reauthorized, uh, Section uh, 5 reauthorized, um, just many, many good memories. And you're right, you know, and, you know, he didn't take no mess. You know, he wants you to get it done. He, he was also a no-nonsense. Uh, and in fact, folks, if y'all have that photo, uh, actually, I was at that march in Atlanta in 2005. Reverend Lowry was uh, leading that, yeah, uh, in, is, leading yes, that in the wheelchair, mm -hmm. uh, sitting right next to him. Of course, with him was his wife, Evelyn. Uh, the thing that I, I also, I, when, I, when I think about um, 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 Reverend Lowry, uh, Melanie, is that uh, as as he became, as he got older, and people saw him as a dean. So many right. people would go to him for advice and counsel in terms of what's next. Mm -hmm. Because I still fundamentally believe one of the most underappreciated aspects of the Black Freedom Movement was the strategizing and the planning that yes. that took place. And you know, he helped, uh, found Black Leadership Forum. Um, which was uh, when I showed up in Washington, D.C., it was uh, definitely uh, uh, many, many uh, meetings I can remember in the basement of um, um, NCNW building, uh, strategizing around issues around affirmative action, how to save, and, and Dr. Yvonne Scruggs-Gleff, which was the executive director, and trying to figure out ways to save affirmative action. Uh, so many, um, and dealing with the 2000 election uh, after... Um, it was stolen, you know, by the Supreme Court, you know, with that decision. Um, and being in that, in, in so many rooms where uh, you would see, you know, the um, the Bill Lucy's of the world and and, and so many others, and I start calling names, I get in trouble. But just knowing uh, the leadership of that generation um, believed in coalition um, in a way that I don't think we do as well. Um, in the Me Too kind of generations that we're growing up in, but but being able to be spend those years in Atlanta under so many civil rights uh, leaders' uh, names you know and names you don't know, and learning the power of coalition, the power of how we work together, um, and we how we are a stronger force. And so Dr. Lowry, he did that, um, you know, until he was just said said, okay, I'm ready to um, to move. He never stopped. But after he retired from SCLC in 1997. He started the Georgia Coalition for the People's Agenda, that Helen Butler, another black woman who's leading on the ground in Georgia. Um, so he never stopped. He said, we need an agenda. And they started uh, doing, um, uh, what do you call it, um, report cards of elected officials who were people who were wanting to run for office uh, so we could have uh, an agenda in Georgia to push on election officials. And so Helen's been running that uh, uh, for a number of years now and doing a wonderful job, never stopping. Um, uh, and never getting and just being on bus tours. I remember in 2008, when we went on the bus tour early after he had, um, uh, uh, this was uh, uh, the primaries right. in South Carolina, you know, getting out to vote, not partisanly, um, but just being, remember, knocking on doors with them, uh, going into uh, public housing and encouraging folks. Well, he never stopped until God just brought him on back, brought him on home, and he's up there with a whole lot of other movement folks, and, Mrs. Lowry, of course. In, in fact, you just spoke of her. Joining us right now is Helen Butler, convener of the Georgia Hi. Coalition for the People's Agenda, uh, and also Reverend Lowry's executive director. Uh, we'll talk actually in a moment. First off, so Helen, how you doing? 
I'm doing well, Roland. How are you? Doing great. Doing uh, just so uh, if you could just share your thoughts uh, and memories of Reverend Dr. Joseph Lowry. Well, I tell you, Roland, I was listening to Melanie, and I was really reflecting on so many of those great things that we were involved in with Dr. Lowry. And one of the greatest things that I remember is him being able to mentor so many people uh, and to really be concerned about our communities, making sure that we uh, were protected, our right to vote, uh, the environment, education, you name it, he was involved not only in the state of Georgia nationally, but globally from Africa and the Caribbean and making sure that people of color were really uh, had a voice and he spoke for those who did not have a voice. Uh, and again, as I said to uh, Melanie, uh, look, this was somebody who, who understood uh, the critical role that women played. I mean, the Institute was the Evelyn and Joseph Lowry Institute. Uh, and it wasn't just about him. I mean, his wife uh, was at the center of it uh, until her death. Every time you saw him, you saw her. That's correct. They were a twosome, two for one. When you got one, you got both. And it, it was just a blessing for me to be there, to learn from him the strategies. His mind was so brilliant and so he was very sharp and clear all the way through uh final comments from the both of you uh the one lasting memory helen you have dr lowry the one lasting memory i have is that he was really concerned about the least of these mm -hmm. and that is what we will try to carry on his legacy throughout uh georgia and throughout the south to ensure that people have their say, that they get engaged, and that they're not forgotten, no matter where it might be in the criminal justice system, education, or just public policy all around, that we have our voice, and he definitely was that voice. Melanie, your final comment. Um, yes, he was a movement. Uh, he, he exhumed the movement every day, and he was a consummate preacher, and he would teach us also. And he always talked about redeeming the soul of America and how concerned he was. And so we have to continue his legacy as this country goes through all we're going through to make sure that we do our part in redeeming the soul of this country. All right, then, Melanie Campbell, uh, as well as Helen Butler, we appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Thank you, Roland. Thank you. All right, folks, got to go to break. We come back. My interview with Reverend Joseph Lowry at his 96th birthday celebration took place in 2017 in Atlanta. We'll play that up next. adjustment uh and so uh, you should have the video queued in there so let's go ahead and play that uh so we can fix the audio go ahead and play it 96 years can't believe it i think they made a mistake 
I think it's really 86. <laughs> How important, though, is it not just celebrating your birthday, but Angela Ross said it's amazing that on your birthday you would still honor and recognize those out here who are doing amazing work? Well, that's been the goal of my life, to help lift those who ought to be lifted, including you. And I appreciate your presence here, appreciate your work that you do from day to day. You keep us informed, you keep us aware of what's happening in the world, and I want to thank you. Well, I appreciate it. You've seen a whole lot in your 96 years. Uh, what would you tell black folks in this age of Trump, in this age of madness, what they should be doing? Well, there's never been a time when we should be more united. There's never been a time we should be more together. And I'm appreciative of the fact that so many black folks are coming together, expressing in their own way determination to move forward and to let the good time roll. It was at this point 50 years ago, we were in the final eight to nine months of Dr. King's life. Uh, April 4th, 1968, 2018 will mark the 50th uh, anniversary of when he was assassinated. For you, thinking back to those days, thinking back to lead up to that, um, what really stands out that this generation needs to know? Well, we need to know that emulating Martin Luther King's personality and his commitment to justice is one of the best things we can do. It's not enough to put his picture on the mantelpiece, on the dresser. It's more important to put his life to work in our own lives and in our witness for truth and justice and letting justice roll down like waters and righteousness like the mighty stream. What do you most miss about him? Well, what, what do you most miss about him? Well, his, his spirit, his intelligence, and his integrity. He was an humble man in spite of all his gifts and abilities, he was humble. And he used his humility to reach out and touch the lives of common people and poor people. And I thank him for that. One of your honorees tonight is Reverend Dr. William Barber, and he's picking up that mantle of the Poor People's Campaign. Uh, I text him. Uh, they lost his luggage at the airport. Uh, he said they lost his toothbrush, his medicine, and everything. Wanted to be here. He said, all I had was tennis shoes. I said, well, Jesus wore sandals. You still should have came on. I wish he had come on. But he felt he didn't have clothes. He didn't have toiletries. He didn't have anything. And I'm not going to tell it because I don't want to reflect on Delta. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing, you've added 
your late wife's name to this institute. You are really teaching and training young people. Uh, speak to how critical it is for our elders to put into place institutions that will outlive them to teach the next generation. Well, that's, that's essential. God expects us to light a candle that will brighten up the path now dark for those who come behind us. We have young people who are talented, intelligence. We must do everything we can to enable them to express their intelligence and their commitment for the common good. Well, brother, we love you. We thank you for all that you've done. And I, you. and I see you in that black and gold looking like a good alpha man. <laughs> good seeing you. I appreciate bless you. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. God bless you. <laughs>
Well, but you tell it like it is in a pretty frame. He can get away with that. He's 96. <laughs> well, that's all you can do is... Thank you, baby. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please give another hand to Angela Rye. No. Folks, uh, in a moment, we're going to have a virtual eulogy given by Congressman Emanuel Cleaver, also uh, ordained minister, longtime friend of Reverend Dr. Joseph Lowry. But you know, a preacher always has to have a setup before they speak. And so in 2017, uh, actor Keith David served as the uh, MC of the program, but he also blessed the audience with this song. So we have this before we hear from Reverend Cleaver. If I can cheer somebody with a word or song, if I can show somebody he's traveling wrong, then my living shall not be. the great Keith David. I really appreciate that. Uh, folks, one of the people who is extremely close with Reverend 
Dr. Joseph Lowry is Congressman Emanuel Cleaver, also ordained minister. He also, uh, his father was very close with, um, with uh, Reverend Dr. Joseph Lowry. And uh, as we stated up top, uh, because of the coronavirus, the family's having a private funeral. Uh, they announced later in the year they're going to be a public memorial. So we chose to do something uh, different, uh, and that is we wanted uh, Reverend Cleaver uh, to give a virtual eulogy for his longtime friend uh, and mentor, Reverend Dr. Joseph Lowry. And so, uh, Congressman Cleaver, Reverend Cleaver, my alpha brother, take it away. Uh, this is a tribute to a great man, a man that I looked at uh, over the years as uh, my father in the ministry. And shortly after leaving Texas, where I was born, raised, and educated, I moved to Kansas City, where I was asked by Dr. Ralph Abernathy, who has succeeded Dr. Martin Luther King as president of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, to organize a, a chapter of that organization right here in Kansas City. I was a young whippersnapper who proudly became a gopher uh, in the civil rights movement for the giants. Some of those lofty men were Fred Shuttlesworth, Wyatt T. Walker, Nelson Fireball Johnson, Hosea Williams, C.K. Steele, James Lawson, and the chairman of the SCLC board, Dr. Joseph Eccles Lowry. <clears throat> it was Dr. Lowry who early on embraced me and suggested that I consider seminary. Dr. Major Jones, a member of the SCLC board, was also the president of Gammon Theological Seminary in Atlanta who said to me, if you'll come to Gammon, I'll give you a scholarship. But because I was about to get married, I chose to attend the St. Paul School of Theology here in Kansas City, where I received my first job. Dr. Lowry, already a national renowned, nationally renowned United Methodist pastor, guided me as I began to pastor a small Methodist church while organizing the SCLC in Kansas City at the instruction of Dr. Abernathy. Dr. Lowry was the model for me and many other young African-American Methodist preachers. Dr. Lowry demonstrated the kind of leader we wanted to be. And in demonstrations, we demonstrated once uh, in Greene County, Alabama. It was the most dangerous march that I'd ever been in. Uh, but I never had any hesitation about following Dr. Joseph Lowry. Uh, I called him Dr. Joseph. He was, for me, the consummate leader in that he acted out leadership instead of acting out lordship. The thing I most admired was that Dr. Lowry was self-confident without being self-absorbed. He was brilliant without being cocky and funny without being improper. And as the president of the National Conference of Black Mayors back in the 90s, I was thrilled at one of our banquets to present him with the National Leadership Award. Actually, he deservedly has received hundreds of awards, including the Presidential Medal of Freedom by President Barack Obama. And that's appropriate because it was the work of Dr. Lowry that helped propel Barack Obama to the White House. Now, speaking of freedom, I read somewhere very likely in a letter from the Apostle Paul to a small Christian community in a place called Galatia. The people were called Galatians. This is an area which is today located near 
Cappadocia in Turkey. The Apostle Paul wrote, and I quote, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. And that's what Dr. Lowry preached. We must not give up on all of the gains we have brought forth. We must not again fall to the yoke of slavery. I don't mean the slavery that we experienced in the 1800s. I'm talking about a slavery that would prevent us from being our best selves, and we must not regress. That's all of the, what, what Dr. Lowry fought for. And it pains me that millions of young Americans, particularly black and brown, who are good and decent people, but who do not know the likes of Joseph Lowry or the others who work with SCLC, like John Lewis and Jim Lawson and Benjamin Hooks and Franklin uh, Lee and Bernard Lee and James Orange and many, many others, who placed their lives on hold and gave everything they had and a little bit more to secure the freedom and opportunities that these young minorities are enjoying today. Communication is the real work of freedom fighters. And Joe Lowry was one of the best ever. And I've heard them all, all the great preachers, I've heard them all. Dr. Major Jones said that he never heard Joe Lowry give a bad sermon, and I agree. I've heard him dozens of times, and I can say that I never, ever heard Joe Lowry flunk a sermon. In fact, he spoke in such a powerful way that people love to listen to him, and that's rare. To borrow from John Quincy Adams, I will say that when Joseph Lowry was 98 years old, a friend said, Joe, how are you today? How is Joseph Lowry? And he replied, well, Joseph Lowry himself is very well, thank you. But that house he lives in is sadly dilapidated. It is teetering on its foundation. The walls are badly shattered and the roof is worn. The building trembles with every wind. And I think that young Adams will have to move out before long. But he himself is very well. Joseph Lowry has moved out of the house that he lived in because the house became only a shack and it would have fallen in, but he moved out. Thank God he moved out because Dr. Joseph Eccles Lowry is now with his father in heaven. Glory, hallelujah. And because I am a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I need to tell you that according to the book of Exodus, Three years ago, a new king took power and did not know Joseph. I do not mean Joseph, the husband of Mary, the mother of Jesus. No, I don't mean Joseph Biden, nor Joseph Namath, nor Joseph Cotton, nor Joseph Clifford Montana, nor Joseph Simmons, a.k.a. Ron DMC. I'm speaking of Joe Lowry, Joseph Lowry. And I hope the new ruler understands that there still live among us the sons and daughters of Joseph Lowry, whom you do not know. So be on notice that we will not back up, shut up, or hush up. We will, however, sit up, speak up, 
climb up, vote up, until we rise up to the freedom level that Joseph Lowry worked and died for. Let me just end because Joe Lowry was such a humorous person. I was imagining what would be his first words when he made it into glory. And I believe it would be this. Ta-da! God bless you, Joe Lowry. And thank you for all you've done for me and this country. Amen. Reverend Congressman Emanuel Cleaver, we certainly appreciate you uh, doing this for us. Thanks a lot. God bless. Folks, Congressman Cleaver spoke of Joseph Lowry being presented the Presidential Medal of Freedom by President Barack Obama in 2009. This is that ceremony. ...of the Medal of Freedom did not set out to win this or any other award. They did not set out in pursuit of glory or fame or riches. Rather, they set out guided by passion, committed to hard work, aided by persistence, often with few advantages but the gifts, grace, and good name God gave them. So let them stand as an example here in the United States and around the world of what we can achieve in our own lives. Let them stand as an example of the difference we can make in the lives of others. Let each of their stories stand as an example of a life well lived. Reverend Joseph E. Lowry. Reverend Joseph E. Lowry has marched through life with faith and purpose, carrying with him the legacy of a movement that touched America's conscience and changed its history. At the forefront of the major civil rights events of our time, from the Montgomery bus boycott to protests against apartheid, he has served as a tireless beacon for nonviolence and social justice. As a pastor and civil rights advocate, he co-founded the Southern Christian Leadership Conference and championed the cause of peace and freedom around the world. The United States proudly honors this outstanding leader. get hurt. We don't want to see you get hurt. You mean us no harm. We mean you no harm. Please sit down. And uh, everybody held a breath, not knowing what their reaction would be. And believe it or not, he sat down. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we were we were the most two black preachers, probably the most surprised people on the bus. And in two more stops, he got up and got off the bus, slammed the door. He was very angry. He said something back to the bus driver, I don't remember what he said. Then we went on, rode on to the preacher to the end of the line, and there were some black people on the front. We got off. Uh, we mentioned to one of the ladies, she said, y'all segregating the buses. I said, yeah, we're, we're segregating the buses. And I said, aren't you tired of having to ride in the back? She said, yeah, I guess so. She said, but I've been back there so long. I'm not sure how I feel right now, but I'm glad you're all doing it. We said thank you. And so we caught another bus going back to town. That was the end of the, the, uh, the experience that was worth sharing. 
Folks, Reverend Dr. Joseph Lowry, of course, passed away at the age of 98 on Friday. We certainly wanted uh, to give him a just due with this, uh, this, this special show. Uh, one of the things that we did, even with Washington Watch and News One Now and TV One, we always honored, took the opportunity to honor uh, and celebrate our legends. Uh, of course, last week we told you Curly Neal, the Harlem Globetrotters, he passed away. Uh, Jimmy Wynn, a longtime uh, power hitter for the Houston Astros uh, from Houston, he died the following day at 78. Uh, and on that same Thursday, we lost O'Neill Swanson, uh, fraternity brother of ours, but also a legendary owner of Swanson Funeral Home uh, in Detroit. And then the next day, uh, we lost Reverend Joseph Lowry. Certainly. Uh, and then, of course, uh, I found out over the weekend, Bubba Thomas, uh, the great music educator and teacher, I participated in one of his summer jazz workshops in Houston. He also passed away over the weekend. And so it's always our responsibility, folks, uh, to honor our legends. One of the reasons why we want, created this show, because we know very well the likes of Reverend Joseph Lowry wouldn't get his just due uh, on uh, the cable news networks and the broadcast networks. It might get mentioned. It might get overlooked, but we didn't want to overlook it. Uh, there were a number of people uh, who we had called, who we wanted to get into the, tonight's show. Uh, and as time began to window down, uh, we couldn't. But we're going to try to get them on either tomorrow or later this week. We want to hear from Mark Muriel with the National Urban League, uh, Janice Mathis. We want to hear from Reverend Jim Lawson. Of course, we worked alongside of uh, Dr. Joseph Lowry. But the best way, folks, uh, to end uh, this tribute to Reverend Joseph Lowry uh, is to hear from the great Yolanda Adams. In 2017, as I said, uh, we were there for... Uh, the awards presentation, birthday celebration of Reverend Joseph Lowry. You saw the interview that I did with him. Well, Yolanda Adams closed it out that night with an amazing song. And so, after that wonderful virtual eulogy from Reverend, uh, Reverend Congressman Emmanuel Cleaver, uh, the best way to end this uh, celebration of the life and legacy of Reverend Dr. Joseph Lowry is to give you a sense of what Yolanda Adams sang that night. Folks, we certainly want to thank you for supporting Roland Martin Unfiltered. This is why we do what we do. Please support us at RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Uh, please support us with our Bring the Funk fan club. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Here he is, Yolanda Adams, celebrating Reverend Dr. Joseph Lowry. It is so good to see you. I am here for one of the most amazing men on the planet Earth. Amen. Amen. He is one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. And when they called and said that he wanted a couple of songs that were his favorites, I'm like, well, you know, I could do five. And they're like, no, man, we don't need you to do that many. You're a little too excited about being here. But I really am, and I just honor you, and I thank you so much for uh, inviting me to celebrate you, and I just want to sing this for you. Visions that can change the world, trapped inside the sword. She looks just like me, too afraid she'll dream out loud. And though it's simple, your idea, it won't make sense to everybody. No, no, you'll need courage now if you're gonna persevere to fulfill divine 
bless you. I remember when we, when that actual recording was released and, uh, it was a couple of weeks before 9-11 and I was invited to the White House and President Bush was there at that time, um, to sing that and as Will and Angela have said so eloquently, although he was who he was, there was a humanity in him that we're not experiencing right now. And having been to the White House 
in all types of situations with all types of presidents. We have to understand that for some reason, as both of them again said so eloquently, I believe this is the time for all of us in this room and all of us in this world to really galvanize ourselves together and show them what God can do when you say yes. Because when all the odds are stacked against you, you can't do anything but go up because you're already on your knees. You'll get that when you get home. Did you get it? Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Well, this one is especially for you. I, I uh, was told that there was a video of you responding to this song. And I said, well, I have to sing this song if he responded like that to the video. I'm like, I just want to see how he responds when I do it in person. <laughs> I love you, Doc.
Jesus, hey, Jesus. 
you want to check out Roland Martin Unfiltered, youtube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roland Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roland Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. You want to support Roller Martin Unfiltered? Be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar that you give to us supports our daily digital show. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. as Roller Martin Unfiltered. Support the Roller Martin Unfiltered daily digital show by going to RollerMartinUnfiltered.com. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans contributing 50 bucks each for the whole year. You can make this possible. RollerMartinUnfiltered.com. Hey fam, want to check out Roller Martin Unfiltered, the blackest show on all of digital cable and broadcast. Want to check out our audio podcast. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roller Martin Unfiltered. Press play. Hey everybody, this is Sherry Shepard. You're watching Roller Martin Unfiltered, and while he's doing Unfiltered, I'm practicing the wobble. I am. Because Roland Martin's the one, he will do it backwards, he will do it on the side, he messes everybody up when he gets into the wobble, because he doesn't know how to do it, so he does it backwards, and it messes me up every single time, so I'm working on it, I got it, you got Roland Martin. Hi, my name is Latoya Luckett, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Mac Wiles, and you are watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. What's up, y'all? It's Ryan Destiny, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. What up, Lana Wells, and you are watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. 
VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.